Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I am really excited to be with Erin Verinder today, who is an author, an herbalist, a nutritionist, and an energetic healer. And she recently had a book come out called Plants for the People. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's so wonderful to connect with you. Thanks for connecting with us all the way from Australia. Yeah. I- I'm really eager to learn more about you and your journey and just learn a lot more about, you know, energetic healing. I, I always think that I have a pretty good understanding of it, just Mm. being at the fullest, but I always, always know that there's so much more for me to learn. And just, you know, as we were just talking, I had seen in your signature, you say something about dip healing. And so I'd love for you to share with us a little bit more about what dip healing is. And then also love to just get into the background of how you got into plant medicine in general. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I started working in these spaces, honestly, when I was about 16, I, so that's like 20 plus years now. It's um, been a big journey for me from starting, you know, in this, so really just always, I suppose, being like really enamored by anything esoteric. And when I was 16, I started um, being exposed to things like Reiki and maybe prior to that even I'd been into like crystals and tarot and just always loved like anything esoteric and out there. And as I got out of high school, I was like, what am I, what am I going to do? And I straight away kind of gravitated towards this qualification, which is the dip healing. So it's a a diploma of energetic healing. And it was a two year course that you could do in a college in Sydney, which back then was really out there. Like now I know we sort of normalize things like crystals and Reiki and color therapy and talking about energy in the body. But back then, you know, nearly 20 years ago, 20 years ago, actually, it was really out there. Um, So for me to sort of enroll into a two-year course as an 18-year-old and just study like energetics and in the esoteric elements of being human was pretty far out, but that's what it is. It's, It's all about looking at beyond the physicality of symptoms and it's all about looking at the roots um, of where we store emotions and where we store spiritual imbalances and mental imbalances in the body. So that's more like the aura, the chakra system, the meridian system, and then utilizing things like kinesiology to dialogue with the body, color therapy, flower essences, um, crystal, you know, crystals, all those kind of things. So yeah, that, that's really what energetic healing is. And that's where I kind of got my introduction to working with people from more of that sort of out there and then came more into the body as a herbalist nutritionist years later as well. That's so fun. So you had that background for a couple of years. You studied that and started working with people right away. I started working with people, but I also really acknowledge that I was young. Like I was so young to be holding a lot of that space. So I took a little bit of a step back, went traveling, actually came to the States, met my husband and went on a whole, you know, different sort of more experiential trip about learning who I was and learning how I was even able to show up in that space and hold space for people, went through lots of big things and then kind of came back to Australia and was like, I actually feel like I need to ground my knowledge of how to work with people in a much more, um, like a much more tangible sense. And that's why I went in more to that sort of body portal and learnt more about plants and nutrition. Yeah. 
Wow. So when you started learning about plants, I love learning about plants. I think yeah, me too. they're so powerful. And I just started growing. Um, I just started a garden in our front awesome. patio. And it's so healing to just touch mm. the soil. What's super cool about working with plants is um, when you start to grow herbs, you it's yeah. similar to like essential oils, right? They're just so powerful and they're completely different than the plants that we eat. I mean, we obviously eat herbs, but like the plants that fruit, it's just right. so different. They're, they're bringing us different aspects of what we need, like nourishment versus, um, you know, herbs are more healing. Yeah. So I'd to learn more about your experience working yeah. with plants how you herbs in general and how you incorporate that with um, the Mm. people with. Yeah. I mean, you're so right. They're just so deep. There's so many layers to it. You know, and I, for me coming from that energetic kind of perspective too, I work a lot more with the energetic elements of the plant. So even sometimes working in the way where I'm working more with the plant spirit. So the sort of more energetics and the messages that are coming through the plant as well. Then I can also work more with the constituents and more how it's going to really impact the physical body. And I really, I mean, that's what's so incredible about being trained in all these different ways is you can merge it together. And over the years, I've sort of bridged all of these gaps in spaces that don't usually really get bridged. So often if somebody works with the spirit of the plant, they maybe don't work so much with the sort of physicality constituents of the plants. So what I love about that is all the layers that you can approach the plants on and approach your communion and communication and connection with plant medicine. And it's so simple. Like you said, even just growing a few plants, it's like you start to get to know them better and you're noticing more about them and you're enjoying them and experiencing them more in a different way. And I love that. So I'm always like, I say to everyone, if you can just grow a garden, like even if it's a windowsill or if it's just on your little balcony or you have an epic block of land, whatever it might be, just start somewhere and start actually connecting with the plants in the soil because the greatest lessons I think are in the dirt, you know, and if we can actually connect back to nature more, that to me is what plant medicine is actually about, you know, and even if it's in like a little jar, right? You know, or it's a a loose leaf tea, you're still working with leaves and berries and barks and flowers. It's essentially nature in a bottle, nature in a cup. So I'm all about like, that's really my greatest message. Honestly, Nikki is like connecting back to nature and knowing that you are a part of nature and there is no separation. I think there's so much healing in that. So that's one layer of it. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Like I, for some reason, over and over again, the two words that just keep popping up in my head over the mm. last month has just been natural intelligence. And it just, mm. what you're saying is so true. And the information yeah. is totally in the soil. Like everything that we need is in nature. And yeah. that's is like during this pandemic, I think it's interesting because we're so far away from that, that um, I find it interesting that we're in the place that we are. And I think that there's a wonderful opportunity here for people mm-hmm. to reconnect. And I think part of the staying at home has inspired people to cook more and um, yeah. go on walks more, hopefully. And I think that, you know, some people are really fearful and other people are learning back to like how, how to come back to themselves. But, totally. um, yeah. but I, it's still such a controversial 
and out there topic. Like as widely accepted as it's starting to be, it's still mm. so controversial when you discuss it, even when it comes down to like things like politics yeah. and having this vision that our healthcare system is going to incorporate these sorts of things. And it's, it, that it's so funny how I talking about wellness becomes controversial in that setting. And it is really, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really, because it all comes down to a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of polarity between the pharmaceutical industry and the more say holistic herbal sort of community, you know, and, and, and industry. Cause obviously, you know, wellness is also really the face of wellness has really changed over these years as well. Um, but I think, you know, for me as a clinical practitioner, it's really interesting. Like I'm always working with people who are often straddling between both worlds, you know, and they might have a chronic health condition. So they are actually, they come to me on a lot of pharmaceuticals and they've gone down those paths. And it's, <clears throat> and really my job is about supporting them through that and cheering them on no matter what they need, you know, and it's not about saying you need to get off everything. Not at all. It's about how can we work with you and support you? What you're doing for yourself right now is what is needed, you know, and how do we improve your health? And let's be grateful for those pharmaceuticals and for that perspective that have got you to where you've you are, but how can we transform that and change that if need be? So I do, and I know it's, I know there's a lot of gray areas in, in, in all of those spaces, but I just do my best as well to sit in a um, place of support and non-judgment for my clients. Cause it's a really, it's a really challenging space to navigate. And because yeah. of that, because of the politics, healthcare systems, like there's a lot that is like our health can be really loaded because of yeah. those systems. It's, yeah. you know, it is on so many levels. I agree with you. It's really difficult to navigate, but the way that it impacts me personally as a clinical practitioner is really just about sitting in a um, supportive space for people. And I'm just always encouraging people to come back to those elements that help support them no matter what they choose to do. And we forget a lot of those things like drinking water, moving your body, you know, stress reduction techniques, sleeping well you know how can we like put those things in place to turn around your health and it's not so much even just about taking something it's about kind of correcting the things we're missing out on often hi everyone i want to take a moment to chat about cbd with you really quick do any of you deal with stress anxiety chronic pain or have trouble sleeping at least once a week you're not alone many of us do In fact, I personally deal with chronic pain when I'm on my period and the combination of saffron and CBD has been a total game changer for me. I was searching for a legit ingestible CBD product. Then I discovered Feels. Feels is a premium CBD membership brand that delivers directly to your doorstep. What I love most about Feels is their potent dose of CBD and the fact that they offer it in three different strengths. It naturally helps reduce anxiety, pain, and sleep issues. And as a new mom, those are three areas I definitely wanted to focus on. I don't take acetaminophen or ibuprofen, so taking a high-dose CBD product like Feels is an important part of my pain protocol. I love that it's easy to take. I just place a few drops under my tongue and feel a difference within minutes. Their droppers even have lines on them so you can identify your proper dose because everyone's dose is different. They also provide real human support by offering a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. 
And the best part about it is the fact that it's only two ingredients, organic coconut MCT oil and domestic hemp cannabinoid extract. Since we started working together, I've consistently been taking feels and totally noticed the difference. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash the fullest and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash the fullest to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Sign up and let me know how it helps you. I'm so curious how feels helps you feel your best. Feels.com slash the fullest. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I love that you said it's really about supporting because I was recently at a talk and it was a really small fireside chat with someone named Zach Bush. I don't know if you know him, but um, he's a doctor, but he's all about like regenerative agriculture. And awesome. I, you would love him. You should definitely look at him. Check him out. Yeah. But, um, he would, you know, people were saying, how do, like, where do we go from here? And, Mm -hmm. you know, our rights and our this, and they, and there were a lot of people who were definitely, I would say like woke would be a word for them um, that had woken up to our current state and what's going on and wanted a lot of change. They really wanted the situation at hand to change. And, and he said, like, and I, I feel that this is basically what you're saying. And it's like, there's no war. There's just, because that's just going back to like fear. And it's really just about, um, I don't know if it's about like surrender or what, but it's really about just like knowing that if you can change it within yourself, like you have the power to change your perspective. And I think it's super challenging to think about things that way, because in one regard, like, I think that we need people who are inspired to change policy and we need people who work tirelessly to do those Mm -hmm. things. But then we we also need people like you and him who are reminding us to not feel so loaded about a topic and to like, take a step back and breathe and, and try and remember to not get so worked up. I think that's right. I mean, I think, you know, gosh, this, I mean, there's a huge place for activism and for people sharing these impassioned voices. Right. But the, a lot of, I think a lot of the powerful change comes internally and within when we process and we integrate the powerful change, we then share and have conversations. And once we have conversations from a place of truth and from a place of our experience, we inspire other people. Mm-hmm. And that, that I see is on so many levels, but that I see happen a lot with people's health journeys. Like often I'll be working with someone, then I'll see their sister, then I'll see their cousin and their mother and their neighbor, because they've had conversations about their personal experience of how they've turned their health around. And yeah. that conversation, you know, goes down the line, like this beautiful little domino effect, everyone's sort of impacted. And even if somebody doesn't come and see me, which is not what it's about, but if they come and uh, sorry, they have like a little moment of thinking, she's so right. I should do power down at night and get off my screens. Or you know what? I really want to start hiking every day because she's getting out in nature and she's getting so much of that. Or she's drinking lemon balm tea and she's just feel, you know, she just feels so much calmer. Like these little things that plant golden nuggets, it's about conversation, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that we 
that's that's why like social media is a tricky place to also engage in right now because we yeah. we're there for conversations but some it's hard it's a one-dimensional conversation you know and so I think one-to-one conversations are just so important like how we connect you know mm-hmm. and your experience with nature and your own health is so personal and quiet I, I believe and mm-hmm. it takes a bit of time to really integrate to come to a place where you would want to share or be like produce anything or, or be any, and I don't mean performative in a bad way, but you know, put it out there in a performative way. It's just personal. So I think the one-to-one work I get to do as a practitioner, I'm so honored to do it because people really have profound change. And from there it impacts their families and the people they love as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Of so course. after, so you went and studied, um, nutrition and metabolism, and then you start working with people a lot of times when I speak to people who have this sort of background they start to make products but you wrote a book so I'd love to write a book (laughs) yeah yeah I think that's super awesome and you know it's not you know it's not every day that I speak to an author in this um in this space so I'm really curious what inspired you to because I think there's so many different books that we can write I mean as an herbalist you could have gone down like one route or but you kind of curated you know here are recipes here's this I want you to tell us a little bit about the book and also I know that you're writing another one right yeah I am yeah um I mean, my tra- so I've trained for seven years all up. In Australia, it is hardcore, the training with herbalism and nutrition. And so I, I ended up going back to kind of retrain for five years. And that was my um, Bachelor of Western Herbal Medicine and then Nutritional Medicine. So I came out of that and I went into full-time clinical practice. I opened up my own multi-modality wellness space. It was amazing. You know, I had that for a m- number of years, big learning lessons of like being a business owner and being a clinician and you know, being a full-time clinician too, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's such a wild job, you know, and learning through all of that. Um, and one thing that really struck me was that, you know, particularly here in Australia, and also I see it in America too, really, I see it everywhere, but talking about Australia specifically, it's because our training is so long and it's costly to train as well. It's quite a, not, I guess not everybody can access to work with a herbalist or a naturopath here. You know, that's the truth, like consult fees and things like that. And although many of us, we have, you know, concession rates and, you know, do community work, it's still a little bit more of a kind of high end service. Mm -hmm. Um, and which is kind of different to how it is in America. It's a lot more sort of grassrootsy and uh, accessible for, for many in different ways. And I love that. Um, and I'm really inspired by that. But because of the training system here, I, I, something has always really bothered me that I couldn't reach more people, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a writer. I love writing. And I've always, um, you know, I just have always had a desire to write. And I wanted to write a book that would inspire people and give people information that they might not be able to access because they may not be able to work with a practitioner and just not really get a good sense of this kind of topic because it's a little inaccessible for some, but also Nikki, I wanted to like fully upgrade the space and there are a lot more newer, amazing herbal medicine books coming out. So I'm not at all talking about to to them, but the history of herbal medicine books of herbalism books, although they're so super, you know what I'm about to say, right. They're so like informative. They're a little like 
dated and maybe a certain aesthetic and you know I wanted to create a book that was just could sit like in the kitchen and you can absolutely use for recipes and to inspire you and learn the plants and take it outside to like identify plants but also then have something that could sit on the coffee table because it's that beautiful and you just want to like engage in the beauty of the plant images and the information so that's really why I wanted to create plants for the people and I went with my publisher Thames and Hudson because they make really beautiful books Mm-hmm. And I'm such an aesthetic person. I wanted to create this like really immersive experience that was also really helpful for people. Yeah. That's so exciting. I want to hear about the journey of like from inception to finding a publisher or did they approach yeah. you? I'm super interested in that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was very kismet. Um, I remember seeing an intuitive in LA years ago and he was like, this is years ago. And I was maybe a little seed of thinking I'm going to write I want to write books, but I was so in my practice and clinical practice is like a little machine. Like you're showing up every day. There's not a lot of space for creativity, running a business and seeing people. Um, and he was like, okay, so you're going to write all these books and this is going to come in at this time. And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, really did. I didn't, I really didn't think much of it. Um, cause I thought, how's this going to happen? And it was like spot on. I kind of put that in the back of my head, but he was so right. Um, they approached me. It was a really, my publisher approached me. It was a wild kind of happening. It doesn't happen that often, but I wrote an article for a really awesome pl- platform online in Australia called the plant hunter. And they were doing a book with Thames and Hudson at the same time. And my publisher called Georgina Reed of plant hunter and said, do you know anyone? I want to do a plant medicine book. Do you know anyone that, you know, I should just like look at. And she's like, I'm literally sitting down and editing Aaron's like interview right now. You've got to check out Aaron. Wow. And that's it. Like she checked me out, read everything like I've written for Vogue, like all these different sort of things I've done and podcasts. And then she got in touch with me and I remember getting a DM, like an Instagram message. And it was like, do you want to, hi, would you like to talk about a book? Would you be interested in doing a book? I thought, who is this? Like, you know, I really yeah. didn't, I thought, Oh, what is this? And I looked up, I was like, Oh my goodness. It's like legit. You know, she's like one of my favorite publishing houses. Wow. Um, and that's how it happened. And then I put a, a, a book proposal together and I had the idea I had multiple ideas. So I'm executing idea two now in the second book, but this was, you know, my first book plants for the people was just like, I really wanted to introduce people to plants again in like a very much, these are 40 plants, healing plants that you'll see everywhere. Some are in your garden, some are culinary herbs, sort of common herbs that were super useful and just reintroduce them. This is what they look like. This is the medicine you can make with them. These are some ideas about plant medicine and, um, my writing about my ideas about herbalism as well. So that's plant medicines. Like, uh, sorry, plants with people is a combination of a bunch of things in one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow. Okay. I just like got lost in all that because it was so. <laughs> it was a lot of it was a lot. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I loved it. I was just like, I had a question, and then I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool that she just actually. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Do yeah. you? You mentioned that you went and saw someone in LA and he had mentioned it, but you obviously didn't think anything about it. Do you think, I want to ask you, because obviously going to this sort of training, your very first training, I'm assuming was probably taught you a lot about, um, just being intuitive, right. Yeah. With health and, and with the world around you. And I think that a lot of, um, being a healer is really about tapping into that like clairvoyance yeah, that, totally. I that we all have, but we all lose and we need to like 
learn to tap back into that. Yeah. But super curious, like, do you think when someone goes to a healer, let's say, and they really tap into something that's going on or about to go on or whatever, do you mm-hmm. think that what someone taps into mm-hmm. is just is also tapping into like your energy field and what you're thinking as well. Mm. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, yeah. yeah, I wonder like, is it just really reiterating in some regards, like what you're really feeling internally mm. deep down that you're maybe not willing to like mm. admit to yourself or, you know, yeah. that sort of, or what, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, I think that's like an element of that, that, but I also think, you know, if you, if you're believing or, you know, that that person is connecting to spirit or channeling guides or, you know, channeling from a higher source, um, I think you're just going to receive what you're meant to hear. Yeah. You know, I, like I, I, I get that because you can kind of pull it apart and be like, well, was I thinking that? Am I manifesting that? Was that, you know, are they picking up on something? I think a lot of it is just what you're meant to hear in that moment. And I think you always, no matter what you're doing, no matter what healing modality, if you're seeing a psychic, a medium, anything, you need to inquire within and say, does that feel true to me? Mm-hmm. You know, because there's no, there's no greater guide than your own intuition. Yeah. You know? And I think it's always really important to just inquire back within and say, does that feel true to me? And when he said, you're doing these books, I've always known, weirdly enough, since I was a little kid that I was going to write books. Like my dad wrote a book. I just, you know, was always, I was modeled that like as well, like him sitting down writing his book and watching him write a book. And um, I just always enjoyed, I loved English and I loved creative writing. And so I kind of knew that I was a writer, but I went on this like healer tangent, you know, tangent, it's my career, but for a long time. So I was like, Oh, how am I going to bridge that in? And I just had to find that bridge for myself. So when he said, you're going to write this book, so I was like, yeah, that kind of feels true to me, but I just put it in the back of my head because it wasn't what I was doing at this time of my life, you know? Yeah. So I just think you need to go, was that true to me? I, I've seen, I mean, I know a lot of friends who've seen intuitives and they hear it and they take it as gospel and they almost obsess about what they said, you know, Oh, that, yeah. That person didn't come in. They said there was this person going to, I was going to meet this person, have a relationship. And it's like, you you need to just let it unfold, but also just sort of put it in the back space and go, was that true for me? And also, no, I think this is a really good point. I don't think a lot of people think about this, but in my experience with intuitives and kind of sensing things that it might be coming in for people or around people, the idea of time is so strange as an intuitive, mm-hmm. I think. Or is it like, I think timing is really hard and we obsess about timing, but I often find timing is so off, no matter what people say to me about this might come in or this is how, yeah. so yeah, I just think, do you find that? Have you had many readings where you think timing is a funny thing? I personally, like I find myself having readings where I'm, when I'm in a place in my life where I'm pretty unsure about things. So I think totally. that it's a nice time to maybe check in with another person. And um, yeah. so I have a reading in a really long time but I in the past like I went through a spurt of just being like I don't know what's going on and I just need sort of north star so I just wanted that guidance and reassurance and timing has definitely been like you know something that I I just never really like I just took it with a grain of salt you know you've got to totally yeah I'm gonna give you after this I'm gonna give you his name and number because he's in LA you're in LA right oh my gosh yeah I'm like an hour south of LA I definitely yeah. should, I mean, 
as these days it doesn't matter where you are I guess well, he actually does good. digital reading so exactly, exactly it doesn't matter but I'll give you his, I'll give you his details yeah yeah it'll be good I know it's funny I my mom has always been into like because we're Persian like they do little like mm. coffee readings and like amazing readings and the yeah. readings have like these sorts of um intuitive readings have been part of culture for centuries and and I know um, that in the religious um communities it's often looked down upon but I think it's right. it's something that we all tap a lot of us for our ancestors have tapped into forever and it's definitely something to take note yeah. of look into because I sometimes I mean, a lot of it is so energetic. A lot, every, a lot of things that we go through are energetic. And like you said, it's yeah. plants are here to support us because we're one with the plants. We're here Truly. on this, we're here together at the same time. And I think all of that is really beautiful too. And like even the virus, right? What mm -hmm. is this here to teach us? What is it here to tell us? What yeah. is, I think thinking of things in that way is so beautiful and way yeah. less scary and it's not necessarily like naive it's really about like just viewing things differently yeah and I think I mean I, I think even it's like even when you're looking at things from a way more esoteric perspective it's really about bringing you into the present of what's happening right now for you so you know often we go outside of ourselves like even like you said with the divination stuff, but it's like you go outside of yourself to seek something, but it's a reflection of what's coming in right now for you. And I yeah. think even, you know, with the virus and like how much, you know, fear there is and how much information there is. And it's about looking at what's actually going on right now for you in the present. And yeah. one, one thing that has just been so clear to me when I'm working with clients, I've seen this wave of initially when, COVID kind of came in, everyone was really fearful, you know, and just, you know, really, of course, but trying to figure out how to support their immune systems and people that are high risk, like being really concerned and having really intense conversations about health with people and, and a lot of fear. And then like, I say a month later, what I, when I would follow up with those people in session, they're like, Oh my God, I just feel so much better because I'm resting and I'm not waking up to go to work at 6.30 AM, getting out of the house, getting the kids to the thing, da, 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 da. And I feel so good and I'm sleeping and I'm in my garden and I'm gardening and I just feel so much better. And I just feel so grateful for this experience. Now I know that can be hard to hear for some people who are really going through a very terrible time with it and are sick and yeah. it's dangerous. And, but collectively it's brought attention to what's happening in the present for a lot of us and yeah. the pace that we've been keeping and how that actually has not been making us well. Like this, the ability to pause in our lives, which we never get unless you're <laughs> usually terribly ill people don't pause yeah you know I know yeah a lot of people will never pause until the end of right. their life and then they'll take right. a they'll recount their entire life and wonder where it went and it flashed yeah. before I so I think a lot of like the work that you're doing is reminding people when you reconnect back with nature and with plants like the whole idea is just appreciating the idea of slow living and intuitive totally. is really about like taking it a notch down. It's taking it a notch down. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Like yesterday I had a really, really full day and I was on my computer for like 12 hours, honestly. And in the middle of the day, I went outside and I just 
we just have, we have a got, you know, big garden, but, um, there's a lot of medicinal weeds, you know, wheat, uh, which I, I go on about in the book as well. Cause I feel like weeds are just the most powerful underrated thing, you know, things like ribwort and chickweed and gotcha and dandelion. So they, they grow everywhere truly. And so I, we were about to get our like lawns done, like the garden was coming. And I, I was like, ah, oh, I don't want all of these things to go to waste. And I just went outside and harvested a bunch of, uh, ribwort so chickweed and ribwort yeah sorry plantago which is ribwort and chickweed and i just dehydrated them like i just popped them in the dehydrator picked them all but in that moment of you know harvesting them and having that like pause moment for me it just made my whole day feel so much better you know because yeah. i was like i get frustrated when i'm on the computer for a long period of time and i was like just that pause of being like with the earth and picking and taking time to lay them out on the dehydrator because i'm going to use them to make medicine and it was just it's just, it's such a powerful moment to give yourself the pause and connect to nature. And yeah. I practice it all the time. And it, even in my very full schedule, it just makes me feel so at one and like I belong and it brings me into presence. So yeah, for sure. That's like the message that I'm always, I'm just going on about like connecting and slowing. And even if you've got a lot going on, you can find pauses and slow moments and connection in the fullness as well. Definitely. I mean, I feel like I, I don't know where the day goes most of the time. I know. Yeah. How much I'm a primary caretaker for my son, but then right. it's like, you know, with kids. I mean, you want to do this with them. You want to take, I mean, constantly trying to like pause and appreciate and yeah. share with them. So that's kind mm. of the next thing about that is no matter how like crazy busy you get, you can always take a minute to. You know, like to smell the roses, to go pick some flowers, like these little pauses. Yeah. Considering like also just productivity levels and how yeah. you're so much more productive when you're not like trying to answer your emails um all day long when you like batch them and then not yeah. like scrolling through social media. I mean, there's so totally. much time we waste that we don't realize that we waste and we could totally be outside. Like you're saying just, but I do love that you mentioned, go, I didn't know go to cola is a yeah. like, weed. Weed. yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Mint, you know, obviously as you know, yeah. like mint grows like a weed too. So I need totally. to I grow mint, but I don't grow. I need to grow some go to cola. I'm going to buy some. Yeah. And I feel, I mean, it works, it grows really well here because it grows well in like pan tropical kind of areas. And I'm in an area that gets lots of rain and humidity. So any sort of like Australia and um, Asian countries, it grows, grows really well, but you could yeah. definitely grow it. Like just kind of grow it in a big pot, like a planter and you're, you'd be fine. Cause it's warm most of the time there, yeah. but I, you know, I, um, yeah, like it grows like crazy all over my yard. Like, and it really slays me when the gardener comes. Cause I'm like, Oh, like just, you know, he mows over everything. Yeah. But I, I always try to like harvest a bunch of, of, um, the medicinal weeds. And like I said, dry them or make, you know, her, uh, oil infusions or whatever with them just so they don't go to waste. Um, but, and I grow a lot of medicinal plants as well, like just for my garden and for our use. And it's just, it's such a rewarding thing. We grow lots of food too. And you definitely inspired me to grow some medicinal plants in my garden. I need, I mean, instead of just like, you know, the regular herbs like lavender and chamomile, I really want to get into yeah. some wonderful medicinal herbs that I can just add to my teas or, yeah. um, you know, get into some olive oils and yeah like infused oils are so easy and 
in the book, like I teach about um, vinegars and oximals, which are like a sort of an infusion of honey and apple cider vinegar. And then you put dried herbs in it, it just tastes so good. And kids love them. Like your son might get into them just experimenting with things like that. It's super easy. And and like rewarding, like, you know, especially when you grow things and then you make them into something, it feels so good. I know. I think more and more people need to do that. So your work is definitely super important and needed and such wonderful timing. And I just really appreciate you sharing your work with me too. I thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. So happy to be here. Yeah. Thank you. So how can people connect with you? Um, yeah, so everything, there's a kind of like a little, um, a, a little uh, hub for everything that I do on my website. So it's just my name, which is a long name. So maybe I'll spell it because that can, um, this is my Instagram name as well and my website, but it's, it's E-R-I-N-L-O-V-E-L-L-V-E-R-I-N-D-E-R. So it's Erin Lovell Veranda. I'm on Instagram. I sort of share on there a lot. I'm, cause I'm writing the next book. I'm, um, yeah, I'm just kind of going into a bit of a quieter cycle and focusing on that, but I am working with people and mentoring as well. So I work with students and people who want to be herbalists and want to kind of create a, um, a, a career in the healing realms and offer that with my mentorship. And yeah, you can learn all about that though on my website. That's so fun. Well, thank you so much, Erin. It was lovely connecting with you and I'm really looking forward to your next book. Thank you, love.